Hello, amazing parents and caretakers, and welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace, love, and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier, and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Celia Kibler, author and family empowerment coach, and here to bring you all great stuff that you need to know as a parent, as a human, as just somebody who is getting through life day by day. And today we're talking to Sherry Timko all about relationships, because remember, it's important what your relationship is, because you are demonstrating to your kids what relationships are about so that as they get older and they get into a love relationship, they're going to learn from you as they get into any relationship with their siblings, with their friends, what you do today is what they'll do tomorrow. So it's really important that you get on track with what's going on between you and your significant other, your partner, even if you're separated or divorced, you need to be modeling the respectful, trustful relationship that you want your kids to learn about. So Sherry is here. Hi, Sherry. Hi there. I'm so glad to be here. We're excited to have you. I'm going to just tell you guys before we get started a little bit about Sherry. Sherry Timko is the founder of Synergy Coaching, and she is a couples relationship coach, as we discussed. She helps committed couples develop good relationship habits so they don't have to work so hard at having a good relationship. It is always work and there are things you need to be proactive on and you need to be responsible about just like anything in life. But if you don't learn how and if you're copying a dysfunctional relationship that you grew up with, how are you going to learn these skills if you don't get help to learn them? I want to ask you a few questions, Sherry. First of all, what are some key elements that can help a couple have a better relationship? I really have stumbled onto this idea about having good relationship habits. Now, what this means is that you have certain things that are built into the relationship that always happen. And those are moments of connection. They don't usually take a lot of energy in order to have a good relationship, but they do need to be kind of built in so that they always happen. So an example might be um, in the morning, do you say good morning? Now, this sounds so minor, but lots of couples get up and start their day and they don't have a moment of checking in. Now, some days that might be a morning. And other days that might be a good morning. What's your day look like? Here's some coffee. You know, here's a kiss. Here's a good way to start off your day. So 
the point is to have those moments built in and then you bring that energy. So some days you might have a lot and some days you might not have much energy, but that those things are part of the relationship and they're part of who you guys are as a couple. And then if you have a very busy day and you don't have much time to spend with each other, you've still had these small moments that happen because they always happen. Right. That connection is so important. And I love that you talked about the morning because I'm always telling parents, you know, because I'm on this mission to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids. And that all has to do with connection and communication and and being proactive instead of reactive. But I always say to parents, if you start your morning yelling at your children and they start their morning yelling back, how can either of you possibly have a good day? You're already miserable. So that's so important. So let me ask you before we really go on with this, because I didn't ask you at the beginning, how did you get started in all this relationship coaching? And how did you decide that it's all based on building these good habits? I came, I came up through mental health. Um, at 19, I started volunteering at a shelter for homeless and runaway teenagers. And I love working with teenagers. They're, they're like little adults, but they're so honest. Yeah. So uh, I really enjoyed that work. Um, but what I realized is their ability to change their lives was limited. So the next phase in my career was focused on working with families. Um, and I realized that if I could get the parents in the room, I could help the kids have a better life. Uh, because I was incorporating the parents into it. And then about 20 years ago, I started working with couples and realized that if I could get the couples to work well together, then it would trickle down and it would help all of their kids and the whole family would function together. And I didn't even need the kids in the room. So for the past 20 years, I've been in private practice specializing in therapy with couples. And over the last year, I've been adding in coaching. The coaching is much more focused on support and teaching. Uh, most of it's done in an online and group setting, which is very different than the therapy work I've been doing. That's so great. I, you know, I love your story. I, when we talked the other day, I told you, I just love that you worked with homeless teens. I too love working with teens. And, you know, even though, you know, my book that's out right now is about toddlers. All the information in there still can relate to a child of any age, you know, and that whole building trust and respect, which you had to build even at that young age of 19, that had to occur in order to have any kind of relationship with these teenagers. And, you know, I just love that you did this, even though you were honestly a teenager yourself. So, but sometimes that's the best person to talk to. So it was a real challenge. I'll tell you to be just a little bit older than them, but um, I, it really taught me so much about kids and parents and the way families function. I find it so interesting that here, what I think is the most important job, if you want to call it, that you have in the whole world, bringing up these children, because like I say, in pumped up parenting, it's because we're raising adults, not children. Your job is to raise these children into adults. 
And it's so important. And everything you do affects that journey. And relationships are so important, you know, just so important because like I said at the beginning, it affects the relationship that you have, the relationship that your children see, and then the relationship that they have as we are their strongest role models. So let's talk a little more about relationship therapy and um, what it looks like for a couple that reaches out to you. When you start with a couple, and I know you work with couples that are very committed to make a change, what happens when you get a couple that wants to work with you that isn't even sure where to begin and are they committed or, and I'm sure you have ones that are like, I don't know whether we should stay together or not stay together. We're like a hot mess. So couples come to me in two different ways. Um, the therapy clients come to me and they really, they may not be committed. They may be questioning whether they want to save the relationship. Um, they most, most of them have faced a crisis. I am limited to working with couples in West Virginia with therapy. So that's kind of a different, different bunch. Couples come to me from all over for coaching. The committed piece is not that they're certain about their relationship. It is that in the end, they always choose each other. And they want the relationship to last. Now, I am really good at taking a couple from where they are and finding a path through to where they want to be. They may come to me and they're in a crisis, or they may come to me and say, you know, we just keep having this same argument over and over again. We don't seem to be able to get past it. Or they may say, our relationship is fine. Like we get along but we are not living our best lives. We really have these rough spots and we sometimes feel like roommates and we're great at raising our kids or we don't agree on raising our kids, but we intend to stay together. And that's where I teach them the, the skills and the tools. There's really three pillars to having a good relationship. One is the good relationship habit. That's building in these things. And couples who have really great relationships might have five to 15 of these tiny little moments throughout their day that just keep them connected and let their relationship grow even when they're not really thinking about it. The second pillar is that they can work through problems. So having some process that works for them have a problem, get all the way to a solution, and then put that solution into practice. And then the third pillar is to be able to clean up messes when they happen. Because unfortunately, we let our partners down. They let us down. Things happen and we get hurt. And we have to have ways of cleaning those up. I love that. I love that. And, you know, I mean, we have to recognize that we're all human. We all make mistakes you make mistakes, your partner makes mistakes, your children make mistakes. And as you learn how to clean up these mistakes, as you learn how to let go and not blame and not judge and not criticize and really work to remedying whatever the situation is, you are also teaching your children the same thing so that when they come across a time 
where they get disappointed or they get let down or it didn't work out the way they want it to work out, they don't take it as the end of the world. And they also learn to work out a situation so that it results in a better outcome than they were originally planning on. What you do, like I always say, you give your children permission to do. So if you're being intentional with your relationship, you're giving them that those little clues, those little habits. So what are some of the habits? You know, I always talk about as a family empowerment coach, I call myself that instead of a parenting coach because it takes so many aspects. I work on relationships. I work the relationship between the parents, the relationship between the kids, health and wellness. I'm a nutritionist. So everything, I'm a fitness expert. I do the whole wellness of the family, which is why I say I'm a family empowerment coach and not just parenting because it takes the whole thing. And for couples, it takes a look, you know, you need to take a look at everything and what's working and what's not working. So I'm always a big person on building that trust and respect between my clients. And I just had a conversation with one of my clients and we talked about, she was thinking of doing one thing. And I was like, you realize that's going to totally crush your husband. And, you know, we talked about how that would be, even though that she felt very strongly about this. And you really, there's a lot of give and take. So can you talk a little bit about those pillars and what you think makes a good relationship and the habits that you try to work to instill in your parents? Okay. So I will give two examples of, uh, well, I'll give an example of the habits and one of the cleanup. Um, I teach couples to use appreciation to build their relationship. Um, and so I have an exercise that I often teach them in terms of just taking that moment to stop and acknowledge that the other person did something that made your life better. Um, what I've naturally had a lot of couples do is um, they bring that to the dinner table and make that an activity for everybody to participate in. Now, this doesn't take yes, much. Yes, hooray, hooray. Yeah. I have to stop and say hooray, hooray. I love that because I, I help parents do that with their kids all the time, recognize something they did great. So go ahead. Sorry to interrupt, but I, I love that. Yeah, so it doesn't take much time to do, but when kids grow up in a family culture of saying, uh, of acknowledging what they did and then talking about that they appreciate it, and how that helps the family, like those two things, if they happen regularly, kids just know that there's that, that appreciation of who they are. Um, so that's one of, that's an example of an easy habit to add in that just really adds a lot to the whole family culture. Yeah, it really goes a long way, you know, and, and so much, um, in relationships and couples relationships wind up falling apart because they wind up taking each other for granted. And that, you know, that really avoids that because they're constantly reminded of, oh, thank you for doing it. It's like, I always talk to parents about manners and, and they'll be like, how do I get my children to be more well-mannered? And I, the first thing I ask is, do you use your manners? And they go, well, sometimes. And I'm like, well, then your children will use them sometimes. 
I even had one of my clients say to me, well, you know, we've been married for so long, we don't use our manners. Well, let me tell you, my husband and I have been married over 25 years. And even with my first husband, we were married for 16 years. We always use our manners. He does the laundry. I do the dishes. Every time he brings up a load of laundry, I'm grateful that he's doing that laundry because I'm not a big fan of it. And I always thank him. Thank you for doing the laundry every time. And he does laundry all week, week long. I still take the time to thank him and tell him how much I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So the second example I have is that I teach couples a good apology. Um, it's a format for a good apology. Um, and it makes you really slow down and think about what happened and think about what your contribution to the situation was. Um, so one of the most powerful apologies I've ever heard included, and I'm prepared to forgive you for this again, because it's that acknowledgement that we aren't, we aren't at our best all the time. We're in progress. We're learning. And we're going to screw up in the same ways again. And so using that with your partner, but then also translating that to using that with your kids, where you actually take the time to slow down and take accountability for what you did in the situation to make that go poorly. Um, that's a strategy that I used with my kids. And it just really grounded me in this idea that I need to also be accountable for what I contribute to our interactions that go poorly. And it got me to really settle down and say, all right, I don't want to continue having to apologize for, for instance, yelling at them. And so I became accountable for figuring out how I'm going to interact when I'm frustrated and not keep coming back to this same, same sticking point. Exactly. I always say do-overs are allowed. Say, I'm sorry. You know, if you walk in an irritable day and you take it out on your, your partner or you take it out on your kids, you're allowed to walk back to them and say, you know what? I am so sorry. I did not mean to take this out. It had nothing to do with you. I had a bad day and I really apologize for my actions. Would it be okay if we did this over again and we started over? Your kids and your partner will appreciate that. And that because, you know, like we said, we're all human and we all make mistakes. And sometimes as well-intended as we are, we react in a way that we don't intend to react. So it's really important to just be aware and know that if you make a mistake, it's okay to say you're sorry, because then that gives your partner, your children permission to also acknowledge their role in an action and say they're sorry. And that we're not perfect and we're growing as people. It's so important for our kids to see that we as adults don't handle everything perfectly, but there's still a way to clean up those situations. Yes. If a situation comes up, be authentic with them and say, you know what? Funny thing, I just had this situation at work and this is what happened. This guy, you know, whatever did this and I could have reacted this way, but I really thought about it and I thought, you know what? I, I don't know what's going on in his life. He's probably having a bad day and because he's not usually like this, 
let me give him a little grace and just say, you know what, I'll help you with whatever you need. And because it's important to recognize that we don't know where people are coming from. We don't know what kind of day they're having. There's so much you don't know about the way somebody responds to you that you have to take that into consideration and, and be someone that helps them and works with them instead of just, you know, yells and screams and judges them. I know a lot of parents don't want to argue in front of their kids. And I agree, not having a big blow up in front of your kids, kids get scared by that sort of thing. But kids seeing how their parents work through a problem and that they do get irritable with each other and snippy and then they have to come back and say, you know, all right, I was being a little irritable today or I was a little too harsh in what I said, like that teaches kids how to do that whole process. Exactly. And, you know, it helps them to learn conflict resolution as it's helping you to learn conflict resolution. And I came from a dad who, although wonderful man and loved us unconditionally, was a yeller. He got that from his dad, who was also physically abusive, but my father would never was physically abusive. And he would yell. And my reaction to yelling, unlike my siblings who all just yelled back, I left. I would walk out. I'd be like, okay, you're yelling. I'm done with this conversation. And I became someone who totally avoided confrontation. So my first husband and I, we were together for 16 years, even 20 years. If you add the time we weren't married, I avoided all costs. And like you say, my children never saw yelling and fighting. Why? Because in 16 years, we never fought. We didn't just avoid doing it in front of the children. We actually never fought, which seems like, God, that's kind of amazing, but it's not healthy because I also, when we went through therapy, deciding, you know, whether we're going to stay together or not, I would bring up things from 15, that happened 15 years ago. In his defense, what was he going to say? It happened 15 years ago. I should have brought it up 15 years ago. So it's important that you do bring things up. If something's bothering you, talk about it and, and address it at that moment. Don't let it just stew and eat you alive. Talk about it. And if your kids are present, as long as, like you say, it's not like a real blow up or, or has you know the business that you don't need to, especially if you're dealing with someone who you're separated from or divorced from, that is not their business. That is for you to discuss. Don't be blaming. Don't be judging. Don't, you know, don't be saying things in front of your children that make you seem like you're saying something against their other parent that will backfire on you. You need to tell a friend, tell a friend side, side note on that whole divorce thing, but we're not talking about that, but be, you know, be able to address an issue when it happens and talk about it and, Again, admit if you're wrong in the situation, because sometimes we are wrong and we are not always right. Yeah, I like to think about it as what did I contribute to this situation? Now, that doesn't mean I say I'm sorry for every bit of the disagreement, but there's probably something that I might have exaggerated or overemphasized or um, been, been a little bit more harsh than was necessary that contributed to that conversation kind of going off track. So 
yes, saying I'm sorry, but not just a, I'm sorry, but a, I'm sorry, this is what I, I shouldn't have done or what I did to contribute to it going poorly. Exactly. And, you know, it's important to be honest with ourselves. And that, you know, that reminds me, we go back to the appreciation thing that we were talking about in the beginning. It's very important to tell your partner and your children, just don't say, hey, good job. You know, you did a great job today. Be specific. What was so great that they did? You know, let them know, you know what, I really appreciate that you made me coffee this morning. That was like a really wonderful thing. Thank you. I really appreciated seeing you read to your brother because a lot of times we ultimately want to please those that we love. Your children ultimately want to please you. I know it doesn't seem like that sometimes, but they really do. And when they find out that you're appreciative of certain behaviors and the behaviors that you want to continue they will continue to do that. And certainly that will happen with adults as well, because sometimes we feel like, oh, you know, I, I made an effort to do that. And they didn't even notice. With couples, there's so much invisible work that gets done. You pay the bills. Your partner isn't necessarily sitting there and notice, but the lights stay on, you know, all the cars are paid for. So making sure to notice those things that your kids or your spouse do that you wouldn't necessarily stop and say thank you for. Those are also very powerful. It says, I'm noticing that you're making my life better. I'm noticing that you're contributing to all of our success. Yes, yes, yes to all of that. I, I love that. Yeah, notice the little things because those are the really important things. Don't just overall notice a giant gesture notice those everyday gestures that like you say make your life better and that you know it's one more thing off of your plate somebody else is taking that over you know because there are a lot of people and they're responsible for everything and you know and give give your spouse your partner whatever your child a chance to actually do these things don't feel like well, if I don't do it, it doesn't get done right. Give them a chance to do it. Give them a chance to learn, to get better at their skills and let them have a chance to add to making all of your lives better. Yeah, I I laugh about this because it's really, really not very funny, but um, we give kids chores so that we think it's so that our lives get easier. And, and really it's not. With my own kids, I found that I give them chores so that they, as future adults, will be able to do them. So exactly. for me, it's been when I give them a, something to do, it is six months of holding their hand, teaching them, walking them through the process of how to do this chore, and six months of checking checking frequently to making sure that they're still doing it. And then maybe we get six months of kind of coasting with them doing well on that chore, but then it's about time to switch things up and give them a different chore. So I could do any chore that my kids are doing in a third of the time. Now I've checked, it's about a third of the time. I can do it faster. Uh, they, they take three times as long to do it, but 
I am contributing to their future well-being. And so that's that's part of parenting, even though I'm giving them this thing that I want them to take responsibility for and do well. Yes. And, you know, you have to give them those life skills. And it it is important to remember, though, when a child does a certain chore, yes, it does take longer because they have to get better Learn at their it. skills. You know, it's like if a child's learning how to tie their shoes, that is not the time to have five minutes you need out the door and to rush them. Okay, forget it. I'll just do it. I could do it so much quicker because that is all judgment and criticism. And it will get to the point where your child's go, well, you just do it because you can do better. Why am I doing it? Recognize their limitations in line with their age and, and don't. Don't criticize the job that I clearly a child making their bed is not going to be like you or I making their bed. So don't go back there and go like, oh, well, this is terrible. Let's remake it. This is you. You totally missed a spot. You know, you can go back and go, oh, let me help you. And they miss the corners. You can say things like I really make an effort to get these corners because, you know, they're so they collect so much dust, it seems like because a child dusting a table is pretty much going to tough you know, dust the middle, but, you know, you really have to watch that criticism and that judgment and make sure that when you're helping them learn certain things that you're doing it in a constructive way, not a destructive way. So I'll even extend that to your spouse. I mean, there are things that I have done thousands of times. And of course, when my husband takes over that job, if I expect him to do it at the same expertise that I have had so much practice to do. Like I've got to settle down and be like, okay, he needs a little bit of space, a little bit of learning curve, a little bit of doing it his own way. And he, he hasn't done it thousands of times. He may have done it a couple of times. He may not, he may need some practice or he might need some space to do it differently. Exactly. Exactly. It's, you know, it's, it's really valuable to give everybody the space and, and we all do things differently. And if you're worried that it's not going to get done a certain way, like that, you know, you need it to be done, then instead of just having them do it and being critical, talk about it and be like, you know, I really like when this is done. I remember when I used to have a gym and of course I employed a lot of teenagers and the bathrooms had to be clean. And we all know that a teenager does not clean a bathroom like you or I would clean a bathroom. And so before I even gave them the job of cleaning a bathroom, I said, okay, we're going to have clean the bathroom lesson. Now I want you to sit on the toilet and I want you to tell me what you see. And they would be like, oh, well, there's fuzzy over here. There's paper towel over here. I'm like, exactly. So I want you, when you got, it comes time to clean this bathroom, I want you to think like our customers, because that's what they're seeing. They're sitting on the toilet. They got nothing to do, but do their business. And they're seeing all this stuff in the corners on the floor. So before you finish cleaning your bathroom, the bathroom, I want you to do the toilet test and make sure you look around and just check everything. And they did amazingly great. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but it was overall a pretty good clean bathroom. And if I went back in and I cleaned something, I never would criticize. I just went back in, closed the door, went to the bathroom, like I was going to the bathroom and I would touch something else up. And I would not go back and say, oh, 
How, you think this is clean? This isn't clean. You know, never do that. Sherry, it's been so nice talking to you. And See, I, I love. Feel like, I feel like I could talk to you all day about this I, stuff. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but, you know, I guess people have things to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> and we probably could. And we could probably do a second, a second show about. I don't know what. Cleaning bathrooms. <laughs> but I'm really excited that you do what you do because, and you do it in the way you do it because it's so important. And I feel like sometimes people give up too easy. You know, when there's really a reason you guys got together. And, you know, if you're struggling, like I always say, be the one with courage, be the one that has the strength to say, you know what, I think we need a little bit of help because it will always make you stronger and better. And just giving up, you never solve anything. So really reach out, um, Sherry. And in speaking about reaching out, how is the best way for someone to reach out to you so that they can improve their relationship? The best way to learn what is currently happening is on my Facebook page. It's Synergy Couples Coaching with Sherry Timko. And then my website always has the, the programs that I have going on. That's sherrytimco.com. Um, okay. I have a few other places you can find me, but those are the, the best for finding out what programs and what support I offer. I have a good bit of free stuff out there to help couples as well. And that's in those two places. Awesome. I will, I will put that in the description as I always do. So you have easy links to get to Sherry um, if you need help. And like I said, reach out guys, reach out. You will be so grateful. And, and sometimes maybe it won't work out. I mean, there's no guarantees in life as we've all learned. And, but even if it doesn't work out, imagine how much you will grow and learn for the next relationship you go into. It's, it's always when I, you know, did divorce my first husband, the father of my babies, and we just have a huge respect for each other even today and through the divorce. But I learned so much that I was determined not to take into the relationship I have now with my husband. And so I'm very intentional not to do certain things that I did that I played a huge part in with the first relationship. So reach out, get help. You're worth it. And I'd be back. Your relationship's worth it too. All right, guys. So Sherry, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. My pleasure. My pleasure, my dear. And if you need to reach out to me for any parenting, anything you need, you know, simply let's just talk about it. Go to talkwithcelia.com, set up a time, and let's just talk about what's going on. In the meantime, guys, as always, I'm grateful for you listening, and I wish you days filled with peace, love, and tons of laughter, because it really is the best medicine, so keep laughing. Stuff is funny, and I'll see you here next time on the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast and being a part of my mission to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids. Be sure to head over to pumpeduparenting.com and grab your free copy of the Patience Playbook. Wishing there was a manual for your toddler? Well, great news. 
Now there is. Pick up your copy of Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills, and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, plus my three new children's books at celiasbooks.com. That's celiasbooks.com. If you're loving this podcast, please feel free to share it with your friends and pay it forward. And also leave a review so I know who you are and can thank you personally. Tune in next time for more tips, advice, and strategies as you continue to pump up your parenting and create childhoods that everyone in your family can blossom from. Have yourself a really happy, fun day. Bye-bye.